It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, season three, Punk Rock Reflection. I'm going for a walk. What's up, Punk Rock Classrooms crew? Josh Buckley here with a Punk Rock Reflection for you today. You know what? It is interview season, and I thought, what a great time to kind of reflect and think and talk a little bit about interviews. Whether you are being interviews, you are conducting them, you're sitting on the interview panel, I want to chat a little bit about about what that's like. And for me, this year, um, I have sat on a good number of interview panels this year. Uh, I've been on a, I am currently on a campus that has not had a lot of change in, in a good amount of years. But this year, uh, I think across the district I'm in and probably across education, it just feels like this year, people are moving, people are changing, people are leaving the profession, people are going to different campuses in our district. We have a pretty large district, so people transfer. And so we've had a good amount of positions that, that we've had to interview for. And not only that, but but over the years, in my role as you know president of the Education Association, I always sat on interview committees. So I've sat on multiple interview committees uh, for high school principals, junior high principals, elementary principals, district leaders and directors, uh, even superintendency panels um, for questionnaires and stuff like that. I've I've sat on, and so it's it's an interesting process. And I, I wanted to kind of talk about what I think are some good best practices if you're interviewing or if you are, you know, running that interview panel. So first, let's start off with you are the interviewee. Maybe you are looking for something different this year. Maybe you're, you know, thinking about making a move to a different campus, uh, making a move to a different district, or maybe you're thinking about making that move into leaders into into a different leadership position on your campus or maybe somewhere else. Let's chat a little bit about that. For me, it, it really comes down to one of the things I always try to do myself and I find compelling and it helps me remember candidates is when they answer questions with a story or with a, you know, how they have handled it or an actual, you know, indication of how they've dealt with something in their classroom or in their building or in their role, whatever it is. I always find that far more compelling than just giving me a stock answer. We can all read an education book and and spit out a conversation and say, we can say, you know, student voice and choice is important. That's a great Yeah, that is important. But if you're not giving an example of how you do that in your classroom or how you facilitate that as a school administrator, it's just not going to stick. You want to give a story, but you also kind of want to make that story concise. I've sat on interview committees where someone has told that story, usually that first question it always seems the first question is, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and you know, why you're here today. What brought you to this interview today? Um, or I've been in interview questions where it's, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and what qualifications or what experiences do you have uh, that, that give you qualifications for this job? Those times 
people love to talk about themselves. You love to talk about yourself. You say you don't, we say we don't, but we do, when able to answer questions about ourselves, especially in that scenario, we often have a lot to say and there's nothing wrong with that, but you wanna make sure that you're concise. You have a lot more questions to answer and if you spend all the time on, on telling us your life story about how you decided to be a teacher uh, in every job you've had along the way, That'll take away from you being able to answer those important questions later on. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't weave a story in what you're talking about. When you're interviewing a group of candidates, you know, when I've sat on principal interview committees, we've had nine candidates in a day that we've listened to, that we've gone through. There's lunch in the middle of it. We, you know, we don't talk about any of them until the very end. We're all writing notes about these candidates. And the things that stick with me are candidates who give me an example, who tell a story, who don't just give me the edge you speak, who don't just say the right, you know, verb or the right, you know, words, but they actually pair it with meaningful use. They can actually point you to something that they've done before, how they've experienced it with students, how they've literally, you know, dealt with, um, you know, mediation between uh, adults in their building. What does that look like? Giving examples is is a prime way to kind of show that you're that you know it and you can explain it. I, I was talking to some other folks who are doing interviews. Um, currently, and, and one of them shared with me their interview um, notes that everybody on their panel gets. And one of the things I thought was really interesting is, is they have it set up kind of in two columns. One place where you can tick the boxes, right? So they've said this question is about project-based learning. We're going to ask teachers about project-based learning. And then there's some boxes on the side that kind of tick the key words that they said, right? You know, give student ownership. Students are able to create and collaborate, dot, 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 right? You can, you can check those boxes when they say those things. Then in the open space under the question is an opportunity for you to write out the impactful things that that person says. And I was talking to, to you know, this, this person and, and they told me, she said, you know, this really helps us look at candidates. When we look at candidates, we're able to go like, okay, they said all the right things. Not only did they say those words that we're looking for, but boom, they, they told us this. They showed us that they knew what it was. Or they go, you know what? He didn't say the right words, but he did really explain it. He did really talk about it. And it lets them kind of kind of pair out who they're talking to that way. So I think it's really important to, to be able to answer those questions. Um, when principals told me about things they've done when I sat on those panels, those are the things that stuck with us. So later when we were talking about the candidates, we were able to go like, oh yeah, they mentioned how they did blah, 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 blah to engage their community members. They gave a real life example of what they've done. That's what you want to do. I think one of the other things you want to make sure you do if you're interviewing for a campus, whether you're going to interview as a classroom teacher um, or an instructional aide, or you're going to interview for a principalship or an assistant principalship, know the school. Every single campus in my district has a website. They all have information on those websites about what they do, what they believe in, what their campus structure is like. I mean, even on our campus, we have sort of all all sorts of information about project-based learning, about, you know, our why we're an avid school and all these different things. So there's no reason why you would come into an interview and not be able to speak to those things. 
So maybe you don't have experience in Avid, but you read that we do it as a campus. Learn about it. Just look it up really quick. See what it is. And then you can kind of go, you know, I've never taught in an Avid setting, but I did read about it. I did read what you guys do on your campus. And I think that's really great. I've done similar things, not called Avid, but here's how I structure X, Y, and Z in my classroom. This is how I make sure students are, are practicing writing every day and inquiry and collaboration, right? When we're talking about Wicker, you can really bring that in, even though you might not be at an Avid school. You might not have that background. You can still talk about it a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean lie. Don't lie about it. Don't say you understand something or know something. Be free to admit, you know what? I don't really know a, ho a whole lot about design thinking. But from what I read about it, I'm, I'm interested about it, you know, or, you know, I, I don't really know a lot about it, um, but I'm willing to learn X, Y, and Z. I, I really am this growth mindset that we can talk about. Be able to speak to what that campus does. I think another key thing is letting your personality shine through. Don't be afraid to make a joke. Don't be afraid to show a little bit about yourself. We interviewed uh, for a third grade position this year and this teacher walked in to a very large interview panel. We invite all of our all of our you know team leaders on our campus. So every grade level chair can come. Our our chair you know every grade level team leader, our specials team leader, our special ed department team leader. We've got a counselor who comes, and in fact, we even had uh, we even have been trying to have a student representative at some of these interviews. And, and it's been really interesting to have that student perspective. I'll talk about that in a second. But we had this third grade teacher walk in uh, to this big panel and he was like, oh man, like you could tell right then he was nervous. I would have been nervous had I walked into this room with a whole bunch of people sitting around a table. Uh, that's not something you normally see. But you could tell he was a little nervous at first, but then he started letting his his personality shine through. And he talked about something and he said, no, I'll wait. That's that's not what I meant to say. Like he had miss, he said some word wrong. And he said, nope, never mind. Uh, forget that. And he like literally pretended to lick his thumb and like erase it off a whiteboard in front of him, like made a joke about it. He's like, let's just erase that really quick. And it was great. It was a really sort of, um, it was a moment of him kind of being vulnerable with us, but it was also a moment that showed his personality and how he's willing to make mistakes. And for one moment, I, I kind of saw how he probably is with the students in his classroom, that he would probably do that same thing with the kids in his room. Is he willing to do it in a room full of adults he doesn't know? It felt like that was something he probably would do in front of his students. Like, hey, mistakes are okay. I just messed up one second. You know, lick it. Uh, smudge it off and we'll do it over again. And I thought that was really great. We could see his personality shine through. Uh, one of the questions that we ask in our view, and it's a really weird kind of question to ask, but we ask like, what's something that made you laugh this week? And it gives a little bit of insight into a person who's interviewing with you. It throws them off a little bit, but it's been an interesting answer that we get from people. It really kind of helps us kind of know them a little better. And I think the last thing that I think is really important, and it probably should have been the first thing I mentioned when we're talking about, you know, when you're on the interview side of it, is is center your answers around students, right? Like that's what we're doing. If you're an educator, you're working with students. If you're a, if you're a school principal or you're aspiring to be a school principal through this interview, you're going to work with students. What you do is for students. It serves students. So if we're answering questions. For me, I think one thing that really resonates with me is when we can center our answers around kids and we can talk about 
what this means for kids. So when we talk about, let's say the question is about how do you make sure you're hiring the best staff possible? You know, if you're going to be if you're going to be a principal here, how do you make sure you hire the best staff possible or how do you retain teachers? I think you always want to talk about the ways that you do that, but you want to center the why and the why is because all the kids on your campus deserve the best teachers possible. So, what you do is to guarantee that those kids have get the best education possible. We can bring it back to students. Why do you think it's important to connect with your community? You talked about connecting with community members and involving parents, but make sure you, you mention what it does for students. Center your answer on kids. I think that's really important. I think if you're running interviews, let's switch gears really quick and talk about you are running interviews. You're a principal on a campus. Um, I think one of the really important things is not to do it alone. Don't just make it you and your assistant principal. Don't just make it you and one other person on your campus. Really create a team of people. I think one of the powerful things that you can do is is create questions together, right? If you're hiring for a third grade position, what are your third grade teachers looking for? How can we write questions that get to those characteristics they're looking for in a colleague. If you think about backwards design, what's the teacher you want to make sure you get on your campus? Who's the staff member, the colleague that you want to work with? What are the attributes of that person? And let's work backwards and ask questions that help people fill in the blanks about themselves. I think if we can ask, if we can write those questions together and we can really come up as a team with what does this look like, I think you're going to get better questions for your candidates. You're going to hopefully get better responses or you're going to get responses that tell you more of what you're looking for when you're trying to figure out who is the best fit for your campus, who's going to support those students the most in that role. One of the things I mentioned earlier was this idea of bringing a student into the interview panel. It's tough, right? Because sometimes interviews are after school. How do you make it happen? What we did is we invited our student council president um, on campus, she's a, she's a sixth grader, um, to sit in and join us on some of these interviews. She hasn't been able to make every single one, but the ones that she's been at have been really interesting to get her perspective afterwards when we're talking about the candidate because we're candidates because she really gets to kind of like give a student perspective and talk about, yeah, I'd want to be in that person's classroom and here's why. Or you know what? I don't know that I'd want to be in that person's classroom. And here's the vibe I got, right? Like trust your instincts as an interviewer, trust your gut, but it's also important to hear other people's perspectives. And if we can get a student in that room, a student perspective in there to really help us understand what is a student looking for? Maybe you're just asking students to help you get input about the characteristics they want in a teacher. And then you can build those questions off that. But we found really good success in having, you know, our student council president in uh, some of these interview panels. It's been really eye-opening to see her perspective and hear her perspective when we're discussing these candidates. It's been it's been enlightening. Um, the other thing I, I think you want to focus in on is is you want to um, you want to make sure that your questions are good. You want to invite the right people, and then in reality, you want to like you want to make sure. Like I said, that you're following your instincts, that you're following your vibe on people, right? What's the energy you got from someone? Just because they, you know, maybe said all the right words, if you're just not feeling what they're saying, if it just isn't clicking with you, sometimes you got to follow that gut instinct. 
I would tell you that you can always train people to be to understand inquiry or understand project-based learning or to get better and learn their their content and curriculum. What you can't train oftentimes is to like kids and to have a personality that kind of fits with what you're looking for. Those are harder things to train for. Those are things that are hard to like fix after the fact. I mean, we can always give people professional development. We can always help them grow in understanding of their curriculum and pedagogy. But that personality and that that how we interact and treat people and, and those things are are not as easy to flip. Before I go, I've got probably two interviews coming up. I'm, I'm waiting to hear about the second one. Is the season of interviews and changes and and I'm too looking for for something a little different. I've spent the last year as a Title I specialist on my campus. I love my campus. I love the students. Uh, But for me, this was a step to kind of learn a little bit more about elementary school to move on to the next step. There are, there's, I have one interview for sure coming up and it is um, the director of human resources in my district. And I'm super excited to interview for this position Um, in the Winter, I interviewed for a director position for retention and recruitment of staff. Um, I was a finalist for that position. I didn't get that position, but I had a great experience being at the big table with the superintendents and people from every employee group sitting around and, and kind of talking about that. But for me, I've spent a lot of time in the world of human resources in my other role, and I'm super excited to interview for this position. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. It's going to be different, right? A director position is always kind of a a, a wild thing to interview for, um, but I'm super excited. I think I'm qualified for it, and I'm ready to kind of answer any question that throws in front of me. the The other thing that's that's popped up is um, the dean or assistant principal on my campus uh, took a position as a principal at another school in our district. So our dean position is opened up. Our assistant principal position is opened up. Um, so I have applied for that. I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping that I'm going to get an interview for that one. Um, you know, I get I get along really well with the folks on my campus and my principal. So I'm hoping that I get an interview for that position. Uh, and that'll be coming up too. And and I'm going to follow these pieces of advice. I'm going to tell stories. I'm going to keep it concise. I'm going to show who I am. I'm going to show my passion. And I'm going to center my answer on kids. Even in that director of human resources job, I'm going to center my answers around students right? Why do we want to make sure that, you know, the processes and systems we have in, in, in place to support administrators and, and teachers in all sorts of different ways in the realm of human resources? Why do we want to make sure there's work well? Because we want the best teachers in classrooms. We want teachers not having to worry about, you know, what it means to put in a sick day um, or how, you know, they, they fill out their health insurance form. We want to take that part and make it a little easier so that they can do the best. They can focus in on what's what's best for kids. They can focus in on working with students. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a change. Um, it's two big jobs. So my future for next school year is up in the air. We have 19 days of school left as this airs on Monday. Uh, so we'll see what's going on. It's Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, and it wouldn't be the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast if I didn't talk about what I'm listening to. That's how we end this show always, and it's one of my favorite things. And for me, a couple things uh, have come out that I've been listening to and jamming out to. 
Um, so I want to share those with you. A couple things have come out. Uh, Fever Child, a great band, put out a little, uh, they've got two songs out right now, two singles you can check out. Very kind of emo diaries, 90s uh emo uh and then a sky so black which kind of reminds me of chevelle in a way uh death tones ish a little bit so kind of a a very sort of shoegazy alternative rock sort of thing um alternative grunge or something like that i think you know the new wave of grunge that's out right now really enjoying both of those records and i am just i cannot wait for the new praise album to come out um the singles they've been dropping from that are fantastic that's what I've got. You know that you can find us on the website, punkrockclassrooms.com. You can follow us on social media at all of the places. Uh, well, not all of them. Twitter and Instagram. All of our handles are the same. You can find the show at Punk Classrooms. You can find me at Josh R. Buckley. And you can find Mike at Mike R. Earnshaw on both of those places. Uh, and we would love to hear from you and hang out and chat. Uh, you can send us a direct message through, uh, through any of those things. Or you can shoot us an email, punkrockclassrooms at gmail.com. Uh, Mike and I will see you at the show. I'm going for a walk. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.